0: Can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really got a stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey,
1: hey, 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 hey Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I'm your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Mariah Hammer and we are coming at you today um, it's a little bit chilly here in Chicago before we get into it, do you want to take a moment to let you know if you want to keep tabs on us, you can find us over on Instagram, you can find us over on Facebook, at Movies We Missed and if you want to tweet, 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 tweet up with us you can find us on the number one rated and judged and appraised Twitter account of the internet at MWM Chat, there you're going to get all the latest news on everything that's going on uh, the comings and goings what's happening in Hollywood, why Jane refuses to leave the Kanye camp. And continues to stand for him <laughs> and so many other things so just uh, keep tabs also Jane is that a James Corden neck tattoo that you have
2: <laughs> Um, yeah I got it before he was banned from Balthazar and I didn't realize that I'd run into this with this kind of thing because when you fam- famously when you stand a straight white guy there's usually not like a reckoning so I was like this is fine for me to be like <laughs> there's nobody who watches carpool karaoke more than i do for sure you say carpool
1: karaoke That sounds
0: like a condition
2: (laughs) carpool tunnel no i'm sorry i meant to say carpool i'm sorry i wasn't um enunciating today you know just so comfortable just so comfortable around you it's like i forget (laughs) i'm being recorded
1: how do i make you a little bit more uncomfortable around me
2: (laughs) honey you've tried let me tell you
1: Oh your, my your god! Best here effort. we go. Good your thing absolute. I make sure around here, <laughs> and all of your complaints right in the shredder, <laughs> because you know, um, yeah. So earlier today, yeah, I saw your boy Kanye had been making a lot of hot takes, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I I thought to myself, which is like the theory that I've been seeing circulating, mm-hmm. um, that maybe Kanye just like wants to be canceled at this point.
0: I think
2: he's, like, seriously – well, A, I don't think he's in what I would call, like, a stable state – because he is sick. Say- and maybe, I don't know, actually. I I don't know what stable for Kanye looks like, to be honest. Because didn't he say, like, I'm, like, playing catch-up, too, because it's just, like, so one thing after the other. But didn't he say that, like, Hitler was a good guy?
1: <laughs> there's, been a, there's I don't know if that's what he said, but there's been definitely a softening around <laughs> the Hitler topic. <laughs> uh, Which
2: is- I'm laughing and audience, you know, me, I'm laughing because it's all so ridiculous. And obviously, despite my last tirade for however long I've been talking about my um, association with horrible, horrible historical figures, I don't actually agree with them. And Kanye is a is just I mean, you just want him to stop talking. It's like you would just when you think it couldn't get any fucking worse he says he says the, the worst thing you've ever heard.
1: Apparently, the the quote, according to TMZ, allegedly TMZ <laughs> says that there is apparently a 2018 uh, clip where uh, Kanye basically told TMZ that he, quote unquote, loved Hitler and the Nazis. Um, I don't really he know. He can't I don't be know.
2: serious. Yeah.
1: Uh, he yeah.
2: can't mean that. Yeah. But. I mean, uh, uh, I, I I can't imagine a context where that works. You know what I mean? Like, people are always claiming that everything's in their context. Lot of like,
1: a, a lot of, like, anti-Semitic comments, though, too. Like oh, yeah. He's just been about coming like for the Jews. The, the, yeah. the Jewish media, is as, he, as he's coined them. Um, Which is
2: such like he's he's just using all this like terrifying right wing rhetoric that is thrown around all the time. How like that white supremacists use like, oh, the Jews are controlling the media. That is like a famous, famous, like, you know, Aryan Nation KKK. Like, you know, what do they call it? Like signal.
1: That's like yeah talking point. Yeah
2: talking point thank you that is what all those hate groups say all the time um and he's just pulling from their bag of tricks and i I, it's it's wild it's upsetting but i think also at this point it's like not that surprising like if you're walking down the runway with candace owens wearing a shirt that says white lives matter you are not you're not doing what you think you're
1: doing and you engage in like any conversation and like you can't substantiate any of the claims that you're making. And it's just like, eh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And also it's the whole God complex that comes with like being a famous person where it's like yes. your perception of like reality and of your like value to society in terms of like intellectual, like in like your intellectual, like ability Like, to sort of, like, bring, like, new and interesting thoughts to the table, like, you're some sort of, like, learned person or, like, a scholar in any of these. When anybody can literally present any theory to you and you are, like, clearly not versed enough in it to have made, like, the sweeping sort of generalizations that you made. Exactly. It's, like, if anybody can educate you, like, very quickly and very easily, then it's, like yeah that's always like a question but also this the bubble of like being a famous person who's surrounded by yes men who just literally like nod at you as they like take hundreds and hundreds of dollars from you to like sustain their own respective lifestyles it's like that's not a real good barometer for like...
2: No, and he's been in that for years, and I think for so long, I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on with him, but like, I think for so long, he has been lauded as this incredible incredible musical genius, and he is, and he has made some of the greatest music, you know, and we've all, um, you know, he's been a part of our lives for such a long time, and a part of like the conversation, like, culturally in terms of music and art, but He's like, now. I think what you're saying is like nobody has ever told him that he's wrong. He's constantly been calling himself a genius and thinking of himself as a genius and he's starting to like fucking lose it and I'm sure it started happening a long time ago and we're just now seeing the like extreme side of it but um, you know it's hard to watch. It's painful because it's like this is somebody who like I used to really respect and like whose music I really enjoyed listening to and now I I can't even really listen to his music like even his yeah. old music I'm just like it makes me sad you yeah. know
1: it's always like the, I'm that's like, a tough thing with like music and when people like do appalling things and then you're like uh, I'm just gonna mute you for a little while on like right, the old Spotify right. and just like hope you don't show up so often in my, in my playlist feed and try and like <gasps> separate from it all
2: I remember the one that, like, R. Kelly, like, when everything started going down with R. Kelly, and I was like, there's a lot of, I I guess I was not aware of how many R. Kelly songs that I really, like, loved, and after a while, I, I think he's removed from Spotify now entirely, but, like, after a while, I just had to, like, you know... Remove all of his songs from all of my playlists. It's also like, it's it's also like like,
1: "Mm." these black artists, man. Like, I tell you, they like it's like the black artists can't, like, they can't make mistakes because it's like like, the fact that so that R. Kelly songs would be removed from Spotify and some of the appalling monsters whose music remains in circulation and like whose legacies remain like uninterrogated. It is just like, it is crazy, which is the whole thing with like with Morgan Chase being like, we're distancing ourselves from Kanye West. It's like, y'all got a lot of people on this distance yourselves from can we can we take a look at some of the glp please? <laughs>
3: like something it's tells unbelievable. me that is still good
1: and there's brandon plenty and I- of them doing wild shit and like uh, like appalling <laughs> monsters and pedophiles that y'all are still like cashing those checks every month so like
2: and yeah 100 yeah for you for those of you guys who don't know um brandon and i were talking about this offline like a couple days ago But I guess J.P. Morgan Chase Was like We are no longer Banking with Kanye And Brandon and I Were like Um When did Fucking Chase Bank Decide to take A moral Fucking high ground Like As, there, they, yeah, as and-
1: Dave points out As they hold on To the Epstein's <laughs> money Probably it's like- Yeah
2: exactly Like there's so many Like appalling Whites that you have On that You know Making money for you And all that Kind of shit And like Yeah good point Who's got Harvey Weinstein's money Like all these fucking monsters who are like I'm sure you know the, Chase everybody's money is appreciated
1: nicely yeah
2: <laughs> yeah exactly so fuck you Chase Bank
1: exactly fuck but Banks. you know in thinking about these these hot takes and in thinking about someone mm. who came to fame in the early aughts really mm. Kanye West I can't help but think about a movie from the early odds that Jane gave me to watch this week um
0: <laughs> imagine me and you I and do. you and me Oh. Oh. Is that my
2: go?es <laughs> <laughs> <To, laughs> it think about you, you so know we've then, never done it here. And... What we've never done?
1: No, God, no! I don't want that.
2: We've never done. <laughs> no, maybe that.
1: I won't share the stage with you. Sorry. We've never done like a- ASMR. I'm gonna do a little ASMR really quick just for our listeners.
0: Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, listeners out there! <laughs> oh, it's so nice to be here with you. Um, we're having a little bit of oral fun. Um, that's A-U, That's a u r a l. Um, ooh, enjoy me. I'm gonna sip a little. I'm gonna sip a little bit of my, my libation. Ooh, looks like I found some scissors. I'm gonna do some a little bit of scissor cutting for you.
2: Ooh, different kind of scissoring from the movie that we watched.
0: Yeah. And ooh, my hands are really cold, so I'm gonna like rub them together. Ooh, I kind of like that one, actually. Jane liked that one. Jane liked that one. Let me see. Let me see if I can find any other knickknacks up here. Something really nice that you may be into. Ooh. Ooh. ooh! Should I that's, guess what that is? Yeah, guess what it is, Jane. It's a a, a bag of weed.
1: <laughs> no, of course not. None of that in my house.
0: <laughs> um, and, uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's it's gonna legal. be... I think that's going to be it. I don't know what it is. Um, I think that's going to be it for um, for today, but you tune in next week for um, another ASMR special. And um, it's going to be a lot of clacking and a lot of fun, groovy sounds. Thank you for tuning in for this mini episode of ASMR with Mr. Brandon.
2: Wow. Thank you, Brandon, for that oral pleasure. Oral. hey a-U-R-A-L. <laughs> we are coming down off of that high. That and was
0: fun. um I wanna do I, it's... I wanna do an... listeners. If I did a little ASMR fantasy for you, just like, you know, would you be into oh, would it? would you
2: guys subscribe to our to a Patreon if we did ASMR podcast? little ASMR for you. <laughs> I mean
0: it really did we... like it just oh, it you know what we could do? Me a little bit. It suited yeah.
2: me. You know what we could do? You and I oh. could like tell bedtime stories in ASMR voices and like Ooh, do fun. like sound effects. Wouldn't that be fun? But that'd they would be, really be like, fun. yeah, they would be we would try to make them well, I don't know. I was like, we try to make them funny, but then I'm like, people are trying to go to bed. So is that really
0: okay. but are people really trying to go to bed? So what so okay. So when we <laughs> were, we're off, first, coming, we're so here, when we're like first
1: coming up with ideas for this whole podcast thing. Um <laughs> And I remember one of the big ideas at the beginning was we were talking about, um, we were talking about reading, like, dirty, like, fiction.
2: It was erotica.
1: It was erotica. Sorry. It was erotica and, like, fan fiction. It was like
2: self-published erotica on the internet that we just found we
1: really wanted to read it and we were gonna and we were gonna give um yeah particularly shout out to nifty.org as dave mentioned um that was a big source <laughs> but what we were doing which actually is going to sound really weird when i say it out loud but us and a group of friends this was during the pandemic everybody and we we're all just this trying to get like through the
2: it the height of we the pandemic we couldn't see anybody we were, we were it was reading when zoom meetings were like how you were hanging really pop, out with people pop, pop
1: in. And we were mm-hmm. reading erotica in little like little group texts, and like that was was what it was. But we did think about transitioning that into like a podcast format, and like reading stories and just talking about them because some real, real good gems out there. That um, was the
2: birth. That was the birth of this podcast because nobody enjoyed it more than Brandon and me.
1: <laughs> no, it was clear like, at a certain point that other people were just trying to like <laughs> hold on for it to be over because nobody wanted to be the first one to leave, but. <laughs> It sort of got us thinking, you know, if we can keep our closest friends annoyed, I guess I should say mildly and disinterested,
2: interested, when they have absolutely nothing else to do and have then, to do something.
1: Yeah, then, uh, then we'll do it. We should,
2: we should start a podcast, and, and we did.
0: We we should. So,
1: um,
0: um, so yeah, so you found out a little bit about
2: us. Yeah, and speaking of erotica, <laughs> um. Imagine me and you, the quintessential lesbian rom com, which yeah,
3: absolutely
2: really has nothing to do
1: with erotica.
2: But from two thousand five or two thousand six, I saw like a couple different, <laughs> like it's dates online.
1: It, it's big, it's because it came out. It was released on like January twenty sixth of two thousand and six. And I think mm, that may be the part yes. of it. And potentially there was a release, maybe like a soft release, like at the end of. I hate soft release. Maybe there was a light release <laughs> in select theaters at the, saw- around Christmas time or something, like of 2005. And then there was like a bigger push maybe at the beginning for like an official release date, maybe at like the beginning, you know what I mean? Yeah.
3: Or yeah, released yeah.
1: early in some countries and then released later in the U S there's a lot of possibilities for that, but I know I, I ran into the same thing. Yeah. You
2: did. It was like a little but bit of both. But the official
1: release was like January 27th, I think of 2006.
2: Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, I think what I'll do is i will go ahead and get this old synopsis out of the way so we can start talking about this um brilliant film <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> let's do it let's i'm in a really calm mood. Okay. i soothed myself with that asmr um, i feel
2: like i'm about to fall asleep like in a good way you know
1: i mean i need you alert
2: <laughs> i'm not actually about
1: to fall asleep it was a but it, it did it, you just put all that lipstick did, on
2: it did feel good <laughs>
1: Jane's done up today by everybody. She put on some makeup. She's wearing a beanie. She's on her way to what? Like I guess maybe like six mile. I wouldn't say eight mile completely, but like she's gonna be near um, Kim Basinger and Eminem.
2: So I just want to say that um, I sit and do this podcast in my little room and I do it on my vanity and it's like our little spare room and our vanity has all of my makeup on it. And so I just sit here and I look at my lip glosses and my you know my makeup and sometimes I just start to put it on while we're here and talking. I love it.
1: I, love it. I would love to see I love to see you in that blue or that green lipstick that I bought for you at some point not you don't you know I know not today okay. but I just I would love to see it because I just those colors, I just I feel like they look really good on you.
2: The green would be too matchy matchy with the yeah, hat I'm wearing right that. now. I get that. But the blue would look kind of cute, I think, with this, actually.
0: It's just, you know, well, food for thought. Yeah. Well,
2: maybe next time, maybe next week, you never know.
0: Maybe next week. I'm gonna turn it over to Jane though, and I'm gonna let her give you guys um that sweet, sweet. Synopsis that she wrote for this week's episode. You're
2: like obsessed with ASMR now.
0: I'm really liking it (laughs) a lot. I am.
2: This is not an ASMR podcast. Okay, let me read my synopsis. Rachel and Heck are the perfect couple. They've been together for years. These two balanced Brits started out as friends, evolved into lovers, and now we meet them on the day of their much anticipated wedding. On the same day, we meet Luce. Luce is a tall, model-esque redhead who owns a flower shop in London, and she's got a delivery to make today. The delivery is for Rachel and Heck's wedding. She's, quote, doing the flowers, which oddly in England, I guess, means you stay for the whole wedding. I'll tell you what I'm not doing as someone who has planned and paid for a wedding. I'm not giving some random flower shop owner an expensive seat when I've hemmed and hawed over who I can afford to invite for the last six months. But that's just me. Anyway, Luce runs around handing off bouquets, pinning boutonnieres, and answering annoyingly precocious questions from Rachel's very young sister Henrietta all before the ceremony begins. Finally, it's time for the big moment, and as Rachel walks down the aisle and Luce walks out to handle the reception flowers, their eyes meet for the first time. Can a bride really experience these kind of sparks from a woman she's never met? While she's beginning the short walk down the aisle to the man she's committed to marrying? Of course not, right? Lucy and Rachel are properly introduced during the reception, where they hit it off completely. This is just a great new friend, Rachel tells herself. Someone you meet and you know you're going to be in each other's lives from day one. A bestie for the restie, right? With that in mind, Rachel decides to have a dinner at her and Hex's place, She invites Luce and tries to set her up with their misogynistic and perverted friend, Coop. Rachel thinks it's the perfect match for reasons made unknown to the viewer, but we'll trust her God. There's only one small issue. Luce is a lesbian. Who to thunk it? Well, that's okay, right? Rachel and Luce can just continue their friendship and get to know one another. Rachel is totally chill with that idea. Except that she's not. Every interaction they have builds on these already intense desires. These feelings she has for Luz are about to burst out of her chest and cause a bloody mess. So what will she do? Will she destroy everything she spent years building with Heck on something she's never felt before? How can she trust it or even know that it's real? Does Luz feel the same way about her? Will Luz ever make a single fucking sale in her flower shop? Or will we watch her give things away for free or kick people out of her store for an hour and a half straight while distractingly wondering how she affords the rent in London, one of the most expensive cities in the world? Find out all of this and more in 2006 Imagine Me and You.
1: Bravo, you did it. You nailed it, you covered it in all of its complexity. You used a (laughs) lot of phrasing that I did not enjoy um (laughs) and it was uh it was a light sprinkling of cringe at times and that's how i like Mm -hmm. it Mm-hmm. um what
2: was what was particularly hard to swallow i'd love to hear
1: what really well um, i didn't like the part about like about beating out of uh, some something beating out of his chest and then just it being bloody everywhere um i said these
2: feelings Luce has for or these feelings she has for Luce are about to burst out of her chest and cause a bloody mess
1: ugh, i hate it um all i
2: rewrote that in a in a more grotesque way, just because I knew you wouldn't like it.
1: No. Um Al Parker, who directed this, he wrote like mm-hmm. the best exotic he wrote this and directed it, but he wrote Best Exotic Marigold Hotel and mm-hmm. um Mamma Mia, here we go again, baby. Um also famously married to Tandy Newton for like almost twenty five years. From, like,
3: I saw that
1: eight to this year with three kids together. I was really like I was just really surprised. I was like, Oh, okay. Um but, I yeah, that she was
2: married, but I had no idea how to who. Me and neither, I didn't, yeah. and I and I knew that she was getting a divorce this year, but mm-hmm. I didn't know who she was married to at all. And I did not put it together that he was the writer director of this movie
1: and uh, Betcha by golly, Wow. Yeah, the two of them looking happy all over IMDb baby. The two beautiful daughters. My goodness. Um so yeah, so the movie it was just like it was a roller coaster. It had it was it had a cast of who's who of Hollywood and it sure I was did. really surprised. I didn't know anything about this movie. I did find that the cover of the movie was a little bit in a similar way to Saving Face. The cover mm-hmm. of this movie makes you believe that, like, there's a plot at play that actually isn't the plot of the movie. Absolutely. Like, it is yeah. very deceptive. You look at it and you kind of think to yourself, I thought Luce was straight in this movie because of the cover. Because it looks like two women who, have, who are holding hands, mm-hmm. but they're also, like... Sort of intertwined between their, it looks like their respective, like, male partners. But mm-hmm. they're, like, holding hands behind the backs of the men. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looks like these two women who are, you know, reported L- to be leaving straight. leaving their straight or, like, relationships for
2: each other. Leaving their straight relationships
1: for each other. And then we mm-hmm. find out fairly quickly that Luce is not. So the very beginning of the movie, before Luce sort of declares um, her sapphic status... I found myself thinking, "Oh, Lucy's gonna. Lucy's also a woman who's questioning her sexuality. When mm-hmm. in reality, that wasn't what was happening. Despite like some of like the some of the story points, like, like don't completely like make her lesbianism like legible. Like it's yeah, like, it, like of it's it's a part of you know the, like the whole trope of the romantic comedy of just like you know things being lost in translation." Um, Mm -hmm. Although I will say also what was really funny to me was the very beginning of this movie, one of the first scenes when we're meeting a lot of people, we meet like there's so many characters in this movie and it's the beginning. It's right before the wedding. We meet Celia Emery, who plays the mother in this, Anthony Head, who the actor who plays her father, Ned. Mm -hmm. Um, We also meet an underutilized Sharon Horgan. Um, Absolutely.
2: But she was not the Sharon Horgan she was then that she is today. So in her heart, I'm
1: sure she was.
2: Uh, uh, what i mean is publicly of course we always i've stand. I, i always will stand sharon horgan i'm sure she's been just as funny and incredible as she is now than she was
1: back then that
2: was a really poorly structured sentence but i think you got it
1: i got it and you know the thing i always say is like your oldest friend trust the voice within And if you have any doubt about who you are, you'll learn to begin. And I'm sure that Sharon had that moment where she was like on the grind, on the you know before she became
2: absolutely. You gotta take these parts. You gotta take these parts.
1: Um, But yeah, no. But this movie also—it's so funny because this is the second Piper Parable film I've seen in my entire life, and it's the second one that I've seen on this podcast. So um, Jane is really doing uh, education Parable for me, and. You know? parabo
2: parabo is a bit of an early aughts lesbian icon and she really? she, she did another gay film called lost in delirious which was like a big okay. hit with the girlies we see you, um, piper. yeah we see you piper and then also this is a your second movie with lena Heaty. you better um, believe it cersei it's Cersei, baby, and I didn't put together because I I saw this movie obviously when it came out, but when I started watching Game of Thrones, I didn't put together that it was the same person. She's also
1: looks so different in Game she, of Thrones. I mean, though.
2: looks totally different, of course, because she's Cersei, and, and just you know, wigs and
1: all her tattoos are covered. All those, those women all in Game of Thrones with that like with that white white blonde hair. <laughs> Grown ass women with hair down in their booties that is just like know. as I, white as snow. It is platinum blonde, baby, and not I a, mean, not a be box be of red blonde to be seen.
2: To be fair, that's really just khaleesi who has the white hair. I mean, Cersei I mean, has yellow blonde hair, but I
1: mean, you know, it's very blonde for like a oh, woman who doesn't yeah, have access yeah. to like L'Oreal.
2: One hundred percent. Like, I wonder, like, you know. A woman like in her thirties, who what is what I'm assuming Cersei's age is, like doesn't really usually have like supernaturally blonde hair.
1: And I'll use a uh, I'll use a top term that we debated before in this podcast. Jane said that it, Jane said that it was inherently racist, but um, I mean she's <laughs> Do- a brown head. And, um, you know, to see her with that blonde was sort of shocking.
2: I, I didn't say it was inherently racist. I said, if I heard someone say that, I would say, what are you fucking saying? <laughs> I would be very worried that someone was being racist. You just start looking
1: around for somebody to, like, back you up and, like, substantiate, like, your feelings of just, like, unease. It's like, we all heard it, right? Um, We should, we should write a sketch about that. That that sounds like a funny sketch. Yeah, um, that is a good sketch uh but yeah so that was really that was really my <laughs> first thought once again was like lena with like this like this well you said red hair which for the, i definitely thought her hair was brown in this And uh, i mean
2: it's definitely red like if you look her up like if the stills of this movie like it's not like She's not like a ginger but she's like she's got box red hair.
1: Why is Matthew Goods IMDb photo like a photo of him with his I'm assuming wife <sighs> on like the red carpet of the Imitation Game? It's like you're a professional headshot, <laughs> sir what are you doing? You're a working actor, like I because he's it. probably offer only at this point, so he's like, whatever, you know what you're probably right.
2: I don't need to fuck with my i m d b like as long as the information it up is for correct. himself. I'm
1: sure if he's like he's like, what? he's like they're not DiCaprio's not doing auditions. It's like he isn't <laughs>
2: yeah, can
1: we get back to you and your career? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, his
2: his career is very robust. He's no, his career, I'm
1: joking. His career is yeah. very robust. He's he's a very big actor. He works a lot. Yeah. He was he's married. He's a great actor too. He's a great actor. He was married think... to Claire in um I don't remember the family's name, but those White people on that television show on PBS that was very popular. What I show? What is are you talking about? Abbey. Oh my god, it took me forever. Uh, he was married to a race car driver who was married to the oldest daughter. We all remember.
2: Oh my god, I forgot. See, he's one yeah. of those British people that I'm like, oh, I see you and everything, but and I recognize you, but I could, I could never by looking at you, I could never say what else you're the in. Only
1: that's the only thing I know Matthew Good from <laughs> is is that, but. Matthew Good has one of those faces where it's like he is there's something about Matthew Good where it's like he looks like every other like tall like attractive like white man in a certain way who has like brown hair like brown head And so it's like, (laughs) when you see him, there's nothing about him that's particularly distinct to me. But like, I'm like, oh yeah. Yes, he's he's a a nice looking looking man, but I just mean he can fit in in a million different places. And that's probably a part of like the gift, but also probably like, probably be better to, you know, have like... You know, sometimes I feel like when you kind of a, like a, have something about you that makes you a little bit more funny-looking, then you stand out a little bit more. Even if totally. you're not standing out because you're like the smoke show, it's still like there's something distinct about you. You know, like I'm sure John C. Riley's probably like every day, like, thank God I don't look like Matthew. Good.
2: <laughs> but like, I think it could be said for both, right? Because it's like.
1: Well, Matthew Good gets to be attractive, so I'm sure he's he's like, I'll take it.
2: (laughs) Hey, John C. Riley's not a bad looking guy. He's just interesting looking. Sure. (laughs) Also, I think his personality does a lot of work. He seems like a charming guy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just really love John C. Riley. I I love John C.
1: Riley too. I think he's a great actor.
2: Uh, he is. He's incredible. Yeah. I love he's him. He's great everything. Yeah. Um, Have you ever
1: seen The River Wild, by the way? Um, I don't think so. You haven't seen it then? Okay, good to know. That's a What's good one.
2: The, well, I guess I won't Google it then. Um, Google me. Gookami, um, yeah. So Matthew Good, and then we have Piper Perabo. We have Cersei. It's a, this cast is loaded, man. It's loaded. Sharon Horgan, Anthony Head, who is in every British thing, so and also many things. Also famously he plays Giles in Buffy the Vampire Slayer which um is how I always think of him but his character was so weird in this movie I couldn't I couldn't pin down like what the father it was, was uh, supposed it, to be Yeah it
1: was like I guess father who's given up um was <laughs> really was the like- vibe that In the beginning
2: of the movie, he was, like, seemingly, like, pretty drunk and unaware and just saying whatever he felt, like, on the way to the wedding. He was like, you know, I wish I'd said in my own Mm. wedding, like... Stop, get out, stop the car. And he's like, You can say it if you want or whatever. And like, seemed kind of drunk and was dancing like a crazy person. But then at the end, he like gives the speech that like makes her go for her one true love. So I'm like, What are you? What are, what's at play here? Who are you it's trying like, to it's be? like? He's
1: this sort of like, it's like he was given some like a little bit of liquid courage, but it's like he also, you could you think in the beginning he's going to be this sort of like irreverent character and he really isn't. He's, no. he's very quiet. He's very like reserved and contained and like, measured and you know (laughs) that's up against like Celia Emery the actress who plays Tessa who plays um who plays Rachel's mother this is uh this is Ned um this is Ned's wife Anthony Head's character's wife um Mm -hmm. and she who I remember from Bridget Jones right Yes, she's in Bridget Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I remember her from. She's great. She, but she is definitely like the given like the role of like the overbearing mother to mm-hmm. Anthony Head's like demure father, and so it's like you almost you also almost keep waiting on a moment for him to like stand up for himself and like declare like his personhood, and like it just doesn't come in this movie. And Mm-mm. then at the end, you get this like sort of. Like he's resigned to continue to live this life. He has a speech at the end of the movie when he's encouraging Rachel to like go for it with Luce where he's essentially just like, you know, I was with your mother and I fell in love with her the moment I saw her. And I never really shaped up to be the man that she wanted me to be. And it sort of haunted me forever. Like if you if you love and I have a feeling that if a better thing came along, your mother would leave me. And go after it. And I couldn't blame her. So if this is something that you want, then like go after it. And then the it was mom's the weirdest, like it's a weird, talk. it's a really weird moment. And then it's like yeah. the mom sort of like, I never felt that way. And then he just essentially asked her the one thing that you shouldn't have to ask your spouse, which is, could you just be a little kinder to me? And, she,
0: and she's like,
1: and it's supposed to be a sweet, like revelatory moment at the end of the movie. And she's like, Okay. And for a moment, I gave over to it. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then I thought Mm -hmm. about it. And I was like, you could have been nicer this whole time, though. 100%. You didn't know know that he didn't want you to treat him like shit? It took him (laughs) saying to you, please don't be mean to me anymore. Like like, 30 years later. Disrespect me in front Uh of people for you to be like, whoa. (laughs) This is my (laughs) aha moment. Hold on. You don't like being treated like the neighborhood cuck? (laughs) <laughs> it's like no I, I don't love it and she's like i thought that was our love language
2: <laughs> because i do think there is a thing where it's like it, it's supposed to be charming that she's so mean and i just yeah. don't relate to that because if someone was so mean to me i would literally just stay away from them <laughs> like
1: and you can't stay away from yourself so <laughs> what are you trying to say
2: sit say here you say it you, here
1: you hate you that's what I'm saying. God, don't
2: don't you do this to me? Don't you do this to me, Brandon?
1: No, not here, not you. No. Not here, uh, not
2: you. God damn it!
1: Oh, that was uh, good, Jane. I like that. That was grounded, and I and you had like wow. that was a different resonance to your voice. You know? Wow. Whoa. And the Cable Ace Award goes to very bad. very bad. Susan Lucci. The streak is over. Um, <laughs>
2: I think hers is Emmy. It's not Cable Ace or It's daytime
1: but... Emmys, baby. And you can't believe I've watched that clip 15 times. <laughs> it is iconic. Shamar Moore presenting Susan Lucci with her Emmy on like, her 22nd nomination. It's a, it is a mood, baby. If you want to, it, it will make you feel good. I'm gay. So, anyway. Um... <laughs>
2: Brandon, you do not need to come out on this podcast. Let me tell God, you. Oh, like, God. I was
1: watching Drag Race right before this. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to be watching Murder, She Wrote later tonight. You better believe it. Like, I'm a full-on old moat at this point. Uh- so well, I was gonna I, what I was gonna say in terms of this movie the beginning of the movie the thing that really like stood out to me was like there's this moment when I'm trying to figure out who's who we meet Sharon Horgan she's yeah. a friend I can't figure out familial ties I can't figure out who's a friend I can't yep. and I it was one thing I will say I wish that they had like done a little bit better and I'm always a person who's like when the exposition comes on too heavy and people are like dad's in the car with the blue suit on I can't believe mom <laughs> died today a, like a couple <laughs> years ago and it's like slow down too much
2: um, That that's so so funny because I ha- I said this out loud. I was like, I like that the exposition of this movie is really natural, but we as a result we have zero information on the people in these
1: uh, in this movie and we're thrust into like the chaos of like those moments right before a wedding which is typically like <sighs> not always but typically like a moment that sort of like ends a movie you know and right, so totally and relationships have been like sort of like understood at that point point. and so in this movie it had that frenetic energy of like the of like a of like an end of movie type wedding where you know everybody and you're sort of familiar with all of the characters except it was the very beginning of the <laughs> (laughs) movie so i found myself a single person (laughs) absolutely i found myself like having these moments where i was very much like trying to track who was who and what was developing there's a character um She's listed here as H, although I know that's not her little sister's name.
2: Henrietta. Henrietta. It, uh, yeah.
1: My actress's name is Boo Jackson. Um, there's no IMDb photo, so apparently she was she was done after this. But, <laughs> but she does a lovely job in this and, movie. One and only movie, yeah. She does a really lovely job in this film. And I normally don't like precocious children, but I, I instantly warmed up to her. I believe
2: you're saying this because I was like, Brandon is going to hate her.
0: No. She because was actually she, super sweet.
2: She what I agree but I know you famously don't really like precocious children in movies. Don't. You don't like children who are too wise beyond their ears You don't yeah. like children who are too smart who are getting involved in having adult conversations at such a young age. It's like I get that.
1: But cue me, cue me as a child like <laughs> literally providing like therapy sessions for like middle-aged women um while the other kids are outside playing like stickball and I'm just like in the corner like eating an apple and just like lending an ear baby like learning things I don't need to know but um, keep,
2: keeping secrets
3: and keeping it
1: cute that was my mom's number one thing my, my when I was a child that was my number one crime was like listening to like grown folks conversations and then having opinions uh, about it and coming in oh and being like
0: oh your husband did what and my mom was like shut up get out of here um, <laughs> that's so funny because
2: I didn't give a shit I was like y'all are so boring when I was a kid oh my
1: god me and you were like freaking opposites that's why a Adults and older people always liked me because I was always like in the corner and I was always like asking questions like, what was the war like? And it's like, (laughs) don't tell him. He's a child. Uh, But Blue Jackson, she was really lovely as Henrietta. She was great. I couldn't figure out who she was, though, in the beginning because I I definitely, I definitely did not think that she had the same mama
2: no and that was rachel our lead that that was a fucking weird choice because honestly i watched this movie twice because it had been normally when i assign a movie i usually just watch it once because i've usually seen it so many times but Mm -hmm. i had not seen this movie in a really long time and so i wanted to watch it twice to make sure that i remembered everything the first time i finished watching this movie and i was like who the fuck's child is henrietta like i did not put it together until the second time i watched the movie and then i caught the conversation where she was like oh that's what my mom said when she was pregnant with me because she said whoops this one was a surprise or whatever she says and i was like oh that is fucking rachel's sister like it's
0: her
1: sister There's like a 20 year age difference. And they don't like really like, and they don't also in this movie invest in like any scenes where we really get to see we see Henrietta interacting with a lot with Luce. We see her interacting a little bit with Hector. We don't really see her interact a lot with Rachel or her mother. So it's like you don't really get a moment to sort of like ground that you're grounded in the fact that this is her mother or this is her sister. And it's not really discussed. Not that when you have a child later in life, it's like something that's the, you know, a point conversation all the time but it felt like it deserved like more of a moment because you're right it was a really fleeting and a very quick moment where she said basically like as I called her I said oh it was a September baby and then and I don't know <laughs> if that's a thing or not and they was like September baby I've never before. heard that tone before and then Dave was like I guess that's better than December I was like, December, is, December is deathbed I think so if, if you're if you're dying of old age and the doctor is pulling a child out of your womb let's talk
0: um but well, yeah she was like super young
2: it just appeared she, it just, whether or not she was young which like i could maybe get on board with that like okay that's one of the most that's uh, a huge age gap but like you know shit happens
1: she's but by the I, way everybody she's like 10
2: yeah just, just, yeah she's
1: like a she's like 10 kid. and
2: rachel is like 30 i'm assuming yes. yeah and um but I mean, when you watch this movie, if you, like, miss that first part, it just seems like she's a loose child. It's, running it's a around. line. And, it, and that's
1: the energy of the movie. Like, yeah. when they go to different events and things, like, she's just, like, running around talking to different adults. Like, not not within her familial unit, by the way. It's just, like, she's having a conversation with, like, whoever she feels like having a conversation with. With Sharon and it's, like,
2: Horgan, who, like... Who's, like, I her guess, sister's
1: best friend, I best guess? Best
2: friend slash maybe co-worker. I have a question for you, actually, because yeah. I scoured the internet trying to figure this out while i was looking up this movie and i watched this movie two times
1: the dress is blue and black <laughs> wow oh, i'm what sorry What was t- your question? timely
2: pop culture reference that's um, right <laughs> i was a kid when that happened <laughs> you, you were not you were fucking what living Jane, with me
1: i'm sorry you have a question for me. Remind me, I have something to tell you. I got roasted and I feel like you're going to appreciate it. So I have to <sighs> oh tell you. Oh my about God. It.
2: I cannot wait. Let's put a pin in that. Dave, our producer, remember we have to get back to that because I just want to make this point before I. I'll before remember. Go for it. Okay. I'll remember. What is Rachel's job?
1: Zero clue.
2: <laughs> Zero idea i wasn't even sure the first time i watched this movie that she she had a job but then there's one scene one scene where she's in what appears to be the bathroom at work and she's talking to her co-workers her best friends and bridesmaids about whether they've ever um you know, had sex with a woman or been attracted to a woman. And I got from context clues that they were at work. But I have zero idea what her job is, which I actually think is a really important part of a modern day character. Like in a movie from 2006, like especially like a rom-com, like someone's job is like an important part of
1: like their life.
2: You know what I mean? I mean,
1: we say that in the glimpses of people at job, people's jobs that we get in this movie couldn't be less like less invested in reality
2: but 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 it gives us some context as to what their identity is like did they go to college for something specific are they super ambitious in their career what kind of money are they making what's their financial situation like all of that informs how you move through the world right
1: i mean yeah she's an attractive <laughs> white woman who comes from like family that has money and has a husband who has a a job where he has oddly like conversations that are oddly like sexually undertoned while talking about money and deals at work so like we know (laughs) that like our girl's good. Something Our, tells her me her husband.
2: Her husband definitely works in finance for sure.
1: Yeah, something tells me that things are going to work out just, not, just I'm, right for her. I,
2: I'm not worried about it. My whole thing is like when there are these questions that are sort of like unanswered, but they make reference to it within a movie. Like, oh, she has a job. I'm like, okay, well, just give me two, I, two sentences on imagine, what that job is. I would
1: imagine that she works in like some sort of like. I like not even like IT. I would imagine that she does some sort of like f- front <laughs> facing. No, didn't. she does some sort of like front facing like work within like, like she like, like a realtor or like something like that. I feel like she's engaging with the public just based <laughs> on the way that like her coworkers were dressed and like the personalities that they gave them and the way that they were like applying their makeup and things in that bathroom. They all were like dressed like, like bu- it was like business casual. But, like, everybody was super matchy-matchy at the same time. So I would imagine that it's some type of work where, like, they're doing that or, like, they're working for, like, an advertising firm or, like, something like that. You sure. Know?
2: But, like, I just wanted to know. I get what you're saying. Know. You just wanted just to know wanted specifically. wanted to know. And I felt like it was just, like, a snowball of things within this movie
1: where it was just, like, they didn't give me enough context for things, you know? Like, throughout this movie. I feel you. That, also, that scene also had one of the funniest lines where um one where she was talking to her friends about if they'd like ever like been with women before and one of her friends said i mean i always thought i would but it never happened but you know i've never been to norway and that made (laughs) me laugh a lot
2: she was like it's like one of those things where you know i've always said i'm gonna go to norway but i'm probably not going to go or something like that it was really
1: funny it was that Um, was a
2: really funny line there, I mean yeah. there are some good there are definitely some funny lines from this movie. One of my favorite lines is from the mother, Celia Emery, um, from Rachel's mother. And she's talking about Coop, who we haven't even gotten into, but it's um
1: uh Hex best friend. The actor Darren Boyd plays the part, yeah.
2: Yeah. And he's just like kind of pervy and misogynistic and hits on anything with a pulse. And her mother like misinterprets that she like has feelings for Coop, and she goes, "He'd shag an open wound," which is Ugh. the most is the sickest it's, burn I've ever heard on every level.
1: It is, yeah, it is a it is a wild <laughs> it's a, it's a wild way to go. Um, Ugh. No, there's a lot of those like moments in this movie. But I was gonna say earlier, since Jane mentioned that we did get some critiques um, about how we um, we don't finish things that we start around here. Thank yes. you, by the way, for for that. Mm-hmm. Whoever you are, Jane won't tell me, but I appreciate it. Uh, no, Bran- but-
2: Brandon is is receiving the feedback with grace, as you can tell.
1: Uh, always, okay. <laughs> you might as well call this rear window, okay? Because I'm Grace Kelly, okay? Um So. Yeah, like at the beginning of the movie, we because it's like this sort of like hubbub happening in the mar and the wedding's happening, the first glance glance glimpse we get into a burgeoning sort of like attraction between Luce and Rachel is as Rachel's walking down the aisle, she turns. <laughs> there it's like a chapel, she sort of looks at the other end of the pew on one side, sort of in almost like it's almost like the side, like I, I don't know, that like a, it's like a like, not a vom. I'm a theater person, so I say vom. But it's, like, the side... I don't side, even know what vom means. Vomit, short <laughs> for vomitory. it's when you go to the theater, those aisles that are, like, open. If you go to a theater that's in the round and they have those spaces in between, and sometimes the, like, actors will come in and out through those voms. They'll use them as, like, entrances and it's exits. Just, Certain theater spaces have them.
2: <laughs> it's just on the other side of the pews that's not the aisle.
1: No, but but it's, like, between, like, the wall of the chapel and, like, th- and the other side of the pew. It's sort of, like... A little bit like it's covered up a little bit. It's it's not quite you're, you, the person isn't who's in that area isn't quite like exposed. Is basically what I'm saying. <gasps> I and, see what
2: you're saying. Okay. And, yeah. as,
1: and as Rachel sort of turns her head, she gets a glimpse of Luz, who we've met at this point, but like only briefly. <laughs> but they
2: haven't met each other, but
1: they apparently apparently. But I thought that they, I the way that they look at each other, it's the it's the love at first sight moment that ends mm-hmm. up sort of like coming back over and over again throughout the movie. But that moment where they make eye contact, the, you know. Time sort of stands still and the cameras (laughs) slow down a little bit. We get a little slow-mo briefly. And, like, I thought the look that they gave each other, which is probably at the direction of, you know, Al Parker. But the look they give each other is, like, it's a familiarity that led me to believe, oh, this must be, like, her best friend that she had some sort of, like, affair with earlier in her life. Because it felt so, like... There was a knowing, you know, which I guess you could say, like, that's the point. Like, these two women are seeing each other for the first time, but it feels like they've known each other forever. And I would say, okay. But in that, <laughs> but I would just say, like, what? it was surprising to me later on when I when they meet each other at the wedding in a very adorable scene. It was yes. surprising to me, though, because I was like... Oh, they didn't know each other because that moment felt so loaded to me that I thought that it was like something had happened between them earlier in life. And then at the wedding, we find out that Luce is actually the florist who has done the flowers for the wedding. And it's just like, man, like that, like that moment felt like two people who really understood each other. And I guess maybe they did ultimately, but like, it was just a funny sort of like framing of their first meeting because I didn't know who was who yet. So this is so this is a part of that sort of like hullabaloo that like. Up until you start to figure things out at the reception. But it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, when they meet at the reception for the first time, because it did feel like they were so familiar with each other. And I think maybe that was the connection that this whole thing hinged on. You yeah, know?
2: I mean, I think that's the point, of course, to have this like, oh, my God. when I Because she talks about later when her and Hecker at the auction buying their couch that they want to buy. And she's talking about how. That is not cute, by the way. Oh my god, it's such an ugly couch! And I was like, I can't believe you were like so jazzed to pay four hundred pounds for that couch. And when they have friends um,
1: come over and they're like, "Hey, look at our couch," and it's, it's like the
2: first okay. thing she says to <laughs> Luce when she comes over. By the way, their apartment is really cute. Yes, and it's the a very couch. Nice the couch is the least cute, cute thing about. No, this it's apartment. like tufted
1: leather or something. Yeah, it is, it's, it's not like. It. like
2: it's it's not it's not my style, and I would agree, I would argue that it doesn't really go with their style. But whatever, it yeah. <laughs> this isn't this isn't our
1: This is a movie from two thousand six that we
2: can't go back and talk to the set decorators. This or isn't whatever. open concept,
1: okay? And there's no, no barn doors here, okay? No, and no. you can keep that chip lap, okay? And take <laughs> Joanna Gaines with you, all right? Chip
2: lap, <laughs> exactly. Um. But I forget where my train of thought was going with that so we can <laughs> skip it because I don't. Oh, oh, she's talking about how like, have you ever met, just met someone and just thought, oh, that's my soulmate, blah, 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 or whatever. Like you, you feel like you've knew, you've known them in a past life and it's like, okay. She's being so fucking obvious in front of her husband. And then when she invites um, Luce over for dinner for the first time, the way those two are undressing each other right in the presence of her husband, and he's just none the wiser. It's very sad. It's It's like a little heartbreaking for him. But man, they are not hiding a damn thing
1: what I thought was going to happen is I thought that her husband was going to come out as gay because there's a scene in this movie when they're (laughs) trying to spice up their relationship because it becomes a running sort of like through line that she is no longer like, in a sexual relationship with her husband, or she hasn't been for a while. And I mean, if you add on the fact that's compounded by the fact that this movie started with their wedding. So they are very much like at the beginning of their marriage. And yeah. It's sort of hinted at. And then there's a scene where like she tries to like lure him into like the woods for sex. And these two men <laughs> who are like behind, like they're, they, they, they're like sort of at the beginning of the process of having sex. They're just really like kissing. And then they hear this sort of noise in the woods around them because they're in the <laughs> woods and they're like, who is it? Come out. And she's Speaks with such authority, too. She's like, "Come out," and it's like, "You have, je- you have no right to be here either." Like, you're all and trying to do isn't the same your thing. Property, like, <laughs> so like, <laughs> calm down with that, like, Karen energy. <laughs> so then, these two guys come out from behind the wood. They're very sweet, and then like the four of them have this really awkward exchange. And also, they do a thing that is unimaginable to me. They <laughs> shake hands. <laughs> and all i could think and these two gentlemen who come out from behind this tree are like pulling their pants up and it's yeah. all it's all very like sweet and like everybody's trying to like be on their best behavior and they all like they have this quick little it's exchange very,
2: it's a very polite british exchange it's a exchange. very
1: polite british exchange in fuck forest yeah and, but they all but they extend their hands mm. and they accept and I just couldn't think of a thing that is less likely to happen.
2: I mean, you do not know what kinds of fluids have been exchanged between I mean, the I, four I can, of
1: them.
0: I can only imagine.
1: <laughs> so I wouldn't be touching those hands. I'll just tell you that I'd be like, okay, cool. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Tu- I don't want to touch a stranger's hand on the street. It's also I worth hate it when people make know- me shake their hands. It's such an yeah. awkward moment. I don't want yeah.
2: it. Well, and and it's also like. Post pandemic, obviously, it makes more sense to not want to shake people's hands. I think back then it was considered rude, of course, not to extend a hand. And, you know, British people are anything, are very into, um, you know,
1: proper decorum or whatever. <laughs> Apparently, you take a look at hello and we'll talk.
2: <laughs> um, but, I, it's worth noting also that these are the only two gay men in the movie, and of course they're having sex outside in the forest, and it's the first day that they've met. And I was what just a fucking just like,
1: depraved. <laughs> you know what they do. You know you know us gays. We can't you help can, ourselves.
2: You, you can't help yourselves. And also I do think it's worth noting while we're talking about it, this is A queer movie that was written and directed by a straight man. So, like, there's some things about this movie that I'm like, this is, oh, oh, and, and it was originally written as a heterosexual love story. And which I found to be really interesting.
3: And so loose,
1: then would have, so they wouldn't have done it the other way around. So loose, just because of gender norms and bullshit. Um, but I know that Rachel probably still would have been Rachel and then Luce would have probably been the part. I don't
2: is, I don't know what the what I, the original you, script you know, was. Like. Though,
1: you know that it would not yeah. have been the Hector character getting married, looking across, seeing a beautiful florist connecting with her, and then the rest of the movie being about like. I'm just saying that if this I'm just saying I can't imagine a version of this movie where the groom in the wedding is is the one who like connects with the well, florist well, and it's like well
2: it could have been a totally different character like i don't know how it was, i mean like no, how that's it was true written. i don't know what elements were changed which is why i'm like i who fucking I knows feel like but the if, viewing... if the only thing that changed was that character's gender then yes of course i just you're right it could have
1: been a completely different story but i just yeah. i was just thinking like but also i just find it very difficult to think about also, people
2: you are not writing a queer love story if you just are like Okay, well, let's let's just change someone's gender and not a single thing about
1: this movie. No, for sure. But I'm just saying a movie, a movie, if we look at the loose plot point of this movie, a person who's getting married makes eyes with a person who is a florist or, you know, d- did the food, the caterer for the wedding and they connect. I-
2: I, no, I, I agree. Just, I, I agree with you. I'm just, just saying that uh,
1: I know I know me and I know that's unfair. but I would have a very hard time, like rooting for this groom. And all I would be thinking oh, about was absolutely. like, that
0: poor bride.
1: But but, yeah, you, but you flip it and you yeah. make it like a male caterer. And then the bride, and I'm like, everything's gray. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that I support it. but she's going after what she wants. Absolutely, absolutely. That would be an interesting game. That'd be interesting though if you change if it was like a gay, like if it was like the the gay the gay groom like catching eyes with like the florist with the male like, with
2: a male florist and having yeah. it be. Oh, okay. So you just want to wipe the the female centered story out of it entirely?
1: I stand with women always. Okay. Rosie the Riveter? Okay. I got that tattoo on okay. my chest okay. for a reason.
2: Act like it.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. I got it. Oh,
2: speaking speaking of, I would love to hear about how you got burned, and how I would enjoy that.
1: I was, I I was okay. So I feel like people are gonna like listen to this podcast one day. I don't, I don't want to like give too many details. But like, hey,
2: hey, spoiler alert! People listen to this podcast currently. I knew, but these
1: people. But like oh, okay. oh i see
2: what you're saying okay, okay a member
1: of like one of the other acting programs going to be I'm one of the other programs at my university who I'm going to be working with on something um i don't For those know the, name of you the university of don't know
2: brandon um, is getting his phd he's not I'm, an
1: he's not an undergraduate student he is in his I'm, 30s, I'm doing okay. That's just easy. Um, no, it's <laughs> in no, his I'm just joking. Mid,
2: mid to late
1: 30s. I'm dancing around 40, okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to someone <laughs> who i had taken a class with, and he's in like the MFA program. And he was like, Oh, like, how old are you? And I was, Oh, he's like, he's like, he's like, Oh, I was like talking about how long it takes to get a PhD, whatever. And he was like, Oh, what, you do? what do you think you want to do with it? We're talking about all this, and then all of a sudden, he was like, Um, he's like, Oh, he's like, Well, you got plenty of time. He's like, You're, What are you, 23? And I was like, <laughs> He and, I was, it. and I was like, oh, and he was like, "Yeah, he's a kid playing." I was like, "Oh, I was like, that's very, very kind of him." And then I was talking to one of the members of my cohort the next day, who was 24, by the way. And I was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "And he said he, he thought I was 23." And she, like, she was like drinking something, and she stopped and she said, "She said 23," and I was like, "Yeah," and she was like, "No, Brandon, no," and I was like, "What?" And she was like, no. She was like, 28? Okay. But 23? No. And it was really funny. And then later on, we were in one. Humbling. And then later on, we were in one. And then one of my other members of my court who was sitting next to me, she was sort of like caught up in the reading that we were supposed to be doing in that moment. And Mm -hmm. she missed the whole exchange. And then uh, I turned to her. (laughs) After the other person had like, because you wanted,
2: because you were so, you no, were no, humbled.
1: No, you want, do you want to, you want to take a poll, right? No, you can ask Dave. When the you can ask Dave. When I got the text message, I said that's too much. There's no way that this person thought I was 23 at all. I know I don't look 23, and I'm okay with it. Um,
3: but I said,
1: but she was next to me, and I was like, I was like, yeah. And she's like, what was going? What were y'all laughing about? And I told her, and she's so sweet, and she was like, 23. No, you're very attractive. <laughs> she's like, you're very attractive but not 20 but not 23 and then she said you don't want to look 23 though do you and i was like no it's not about that it's just like what the person said and i thought it was funny which is why i was sharing it i didn't i wasn't sharing it because i like wanted confirmation mm-hmm. because i literally said mm-hmm. to dave I would need this person must have a memory of me as opposed to like what I actually look like. Like when they asked me this question via text, it was like, I was standing in front of them. I feel like they they would have answered their own question by looking at me that I was, in fact, not 23 years old. But it was let just me a really you, like let funny me ask moment. you.
2: Let me ask you this question. How yeah. old was the person who asked you or who thought you were 23?
1: I am not sure. I think in their 40s
2: oh okay so they're older than you okay second question does that person have any reason to want to grease you up no damn it i was gonna try to take that away from you no 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 No, no, that's a thing they don't have
1: anything i'm gonna be working with them on a project but it's their project that like right i'm you know (sighs) but i don't but no but it was just a really like it was a really funny exchange
2: that's really funny and then later on Okay, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, and then later on we were in the class we were in, we we're both just like scrambling cuz it was just it's a <sighs> really hard and difficult class. And we were messaging back and forth, my classmate and I, the first one. And <laughs> and I am messaging about something and like she had been doing some of the, we were talking about the reading and she was like, Oh my God, how are we going to get through this class? I didn't get a chance to get through all the reading. And she threw out something that was very generative of the conversation, but didn't really deal with the fact that she hadn't (laughs) like engaged with the reading. And I messaged (laughs) her and I was like, you did it, you did it. And then, um, we were joking about like how we have so many things to do as second year students. We have so much on our plate with teaching and Mm -hmm. taking classes. And I was like, oh my god I was like I was so one of the people that's in the first year was really killing it and we were like oh these first years are really putting us to shame in the PhD program and I was like yeah I was like remember when we all started and we were like young and supple and live before (laughs) like we'd been beaten down by the world and I said and I said to her I was like can you believe it I mean look at me I was 23 when we started and then her response was well one of us was (laughs) And it was amazing. And it made me very happy. And I, I audibly laughed. Um, oh,
2: that's great. It was a really she, good burn. I had she to give her a pass. It was really good. Uh, she was she like, got Damn. you. That and is so, a beautiful moment. A beautiful moment. So it was moment. all
1: really hilarious. And I am 1000% fine with the fact that I'm not 23. I'm actually ready to just move into 40. <laughs> you are. You've been 40 since you were 23, honestly. Uh, and I've also been playing. I've been when I I've been playing 40 year olds since I was 17. I always was the old man and everything that I ever did Which in high school
2: actually is kind of mind boggling because you I mean, ugh, I hate that I've just but you actually look very you look a lot younger than you are.
1: But I think I've looked the same for so long. I think that I've looked, like, around this age since I was, like, 18. So people are always just like, yeah, I was the one that they would send to to buy alcohol for everybody, and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. get carded. You're also...
2: you're also big, so that's that true. is no. That's a part of it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm a bigger person, so I always <laughs> am. Just like people, just sell me liquor, and they would just send me oh. in, and I'd be like, "There's no way they're going to give me this alcohol." <laughs> it's like nobody's asking for an <laughs> ID. No, because like, should you tower have tower a little bit over.
2: No, because you tower over most people, and it's so true. I think that's like that is an advantage when it comes to wanting to pass for. You know, older,
1: of course. I'd also always talk about kids when I was like, when I was like getting liquor. I'd always be like, "These damn kids gonna kill me." You really got into playing the part. Um, uh, And uh, speaking of playing parts, we've got Rachel in this movie who Mm. is trying to figure out where she wants to be, but also instantly Rachel.
2: Of the good wife, absolutely, and, she's and, <laughs> and uh,
1: Juliana Margulies is nowhere to be found, baby.
2: No, <laughs> the legend.
1: Um, so, yeah, I feel like in this movie, it's like very clear that Rachel has feelings for loose. They have, as I said earlier, when they have their first like scene scene, it's after Rachel has lost her ring in the punch at the reception, and it is a really, really adorable scene. It's such a cute scene. It's a really cute scene, and I turned my, one of my favorite things is that, like, I love, like, I love when I'm watching a movie with Dave, and, like, (laughs) I catch Dave, like, there's something about catching, I I, I actually, it's kind of funny when it happens with me, too, to myself, but it's really funny Mm -hmm. when it happens with Dave, We're like, I'll catch him like smirking at something because I know that when I'm, I know that he's not, he's unaware of what he's doing, but it's an indicator to me of that. He's like smitten. And so when I turned and I looked at him and he had this smirk on his face during that scene. And I was like, you like, I was like, you, you like these two. And he was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, we like, we had both like given over to them and they had a very, very one. We're also dealing with Lena Hedy and like, Piper Piper (gasps) two very formidable, like actors. And like, they had a very like lovely and like, easy sort of like chemistry about them and Absolutely. it's like sometimes these scenes can feel very like forced mm-hmm. and it, it was something about it I, I think it may be Lynna Lin, Hetty really she's really she's a really good actress And am like she's a
2: great actor and I think Piper Perigo is great they work re- I think I would say this whole movie is like really well acted and I think like where there's some missing pieces of the story that's like kind of where it, it goes off the rails a little bit but don't get me wrong I still love this movie but it's certainly not like an absolutely perfect movie but uh, Lena and Piper I think like I just remember watching them when this movie came out and being totally entranced by them and like loving their chemistry also given the fact that like there were very very few queer movies that like were cutesy like this and that had a happy ending and so you know i was eating when this came out for sure
3: i was like
1: i was gonna say as a queer person Probably, I would say, as a queer person of like a certain age, like around our age and older, mm-hmm. maybe some of the younger like queer people feel this way too. Although I would say that the cinema, the the queer cinema that they have available to them is like a lot more than what we had. I like mm-hmm. I remember like my. My barometer, because I used to, you just, you're hungry for like content. You, it was, just
2: absolutely. And look, what I already starved. knew is I wasn't going to
1: find any with black people in it. So, like, I of just course. took what I could get. Yeah. Um, I just took brown headed white people and I was happy with what <laughs> I got. But, like, it's, you're so hungry for like queer content when you're mm. like, especially like the late 90s, like the early mm-hmm. odds, back in oh. my day. Um, We just took what we got. And so, you're like, your scale for good film is oh, so skewed when you're looking for queer so film. Oh, skewed! Not as much now, but back then, for sure. The shit that I would watch these movies that were that were made on like somebody's like digital camera, oh. and it was just loosey goosey. And you just like held on for dear life and tried to get through the story so you could like oh. see something that felt, you know, somewhat akin to like you know a, a traditional like romantic story. So we put up with a lot, baby, and Ooh, so when you get a good film like baby. this, that's yes. actually well written and like cast really well, it's like mm-hmm. it is a it, it it's really nice because you're like man, like the fact that they made like an actually like thoughtful queer film. A lot of the stuff, if you go digging around <laughs> YouTube, uh, you is. will be <laughs> shook by what we by what, what we, had we had to, to deal satiate with. ourselves on.
2: Do you, and I'm going to bring this. So <laughs> I'm going to bring this back to um. A television show, I guess, that Brandon and I watched.
1: Oh my god, the Friends (laughs) and Lovers one.
2: The Lovers and Friends. Oh my god.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) it was so bad.
2: laughs so this was on Netflix weirdly but it, but it, it
1: was, was also we're old this was Netflix when they were just like they were <laughs> right like maybe we could stop selling DVDs maybe it was <laughs> well, like that Netflix a- it was
2: like anything on streaming it anything long- they would throw up this is a long time ago and we found mm-hmm. the lovers and friends show and let me tell you which <laughs> was uh, i it, it was like someone shot it on like like uh, uh like the first camera phone Like the quality was like 144 P. Like it was so bad,
1: so pixelated. The storyline The storyline was loose. (laughs) They were trying to do this like they were trying to do this like BIPOC like sex in the city, like queer moment. And like it just it was in South Florida. It was in South Florida. The remember the brunch they had, like they were like, Oh, we all gotta (laughs) go over for brunch. And the brunch was like these loose bagels and like a big ass (laughs) bottle of Tropicana. And it was (laughs) just This is not the fantasy that y'all are trying to make it seem like it is.
2: This and- isn't like a, a fun, classic brunch. It was like, <laughs> this is like, what was, <laughs> what, what, what you pulled from like the bodega when you were drunk the night before because you were like I- everyone's coming over gotta be ready but like
1: you really fucked it up. Because <laughs> they luxuriate It's these queer, queer people luxuriate in like the Florida like swampy sun. And also one of the main characters in one of like the episodes a few episodes in just disappears. She's like a main character and they go to her house and she they to her house for their brunch and she has a note on the door that says got a modeling gig in like, it's some like New York random York a random place, thing. Audi. And then they're like, okay, well, we can still have brunch so that they can keep filming the brunch on location at like her home. It was um, a mess. Clearly, this actress was probably like, got to look at those dailies. And she was like,
2: this ain't I cannot, it. This I cannot
1: be a part of this dumpster fire. I have to go. And they were like, we already shot but we shot. We are. And,
2: we cannot circle back. And this There's... contract,
1: let's just say this contract was not ironclad because she walked away from it all. Okay. You weren't getting her caught up in any MGM nonsense. She was like, you got the ones in the can you got. <laughs> you figure it out without my character. But that's the kind of stuff that we had. So we, like
2: it, Yeah, it was not good. And it was like a BIPOC cast, which like never happened, particularly not never. in
1: like the 90s or early aughts. So it was like we were just. also scared. never, and it's is still a thing. You never see like well, it is very rare, I feel like, that you even mm-hmm. that you see like lesbian or queer women that aren't, like, extremely femme also, too. And that was the other thing that was cool about that show. Because they had different types of lesbians, which just, like, Mm -hmm. was not, like, a thing. You didn't see, like, lesbians that maybe... Were more masculine identifying mm-hmm. on on television, especially like black, like that was not going to happen.
2: Never, never, never. <laughs> and so and that like,
1: kind of thing it, is so important, you know.
2: Is so important. Again, we all want to drool.
1: We all want to drool over Lena Waithe. Okay. I, w- w-
2: w- any chance we get, any chance we get, and thank God for her popping up later in life because that was a real treat for all of us. Absolutely. Um, but. Yeah, so this was this was something that we watched and we knew it was bad, but we still watched it and, and it, it definitely enjoyed it because it was being made.
1: <laughs> so, it existed. It existed. For sure.
2: And then it the were- mainstream things that we do get are movies like Imagine You and Me, which, again, is a great movie in and of itself, but it really is only representative of a very specific, you know, thin, oh, sure. white you know, wealthy, wealthy, um, queer woman. And, you know, we just, just I, I didn't really, um, you know, see myself in either of these characters.
1: Which has been like a little bit interesting too, to think about right before we get into the movie. But like to think about with like some of like the, the stuff that's been coming up about this bros film that came out and like a lot oh, yeah. of like people who, this film doesn't necessarily represent have also been like writing and talking about like one of the reasons why this movie probably wasn't the hit that like it was you know expected to be Mm -hmm. was also because we're still telling the stories of like cis white men at the center of like these tales and we have you know ancillary characters who represent people within marginalized groups but it's like a lot of people are like we don't have a lot in terms of like the queer film canon especially in terms of like the queer like romantic comedy like mm-hmm. film canon but like what we do have this is the story like it yeah. is a story of like two cis white men a lot of the time so it's like mm-hmm. we'd love to see that shaken up a little bit and a lot of people have been pointing out you know other movies like Fire Island and like yes, that movie was totally. successful and people are like there are ways there are other stories that need to be at the center so it's not just enough you know, for you to claim to be woke with a capital W and then just cast like two cis white dudes and be like, we did it. And yeah. no, look at all these funny, like, look at all these funny minorities though that like bolster their efforts and like it's like, yeah, it's like, what about we push one of them into the center though? Because yeah. we, we, we get it. We get the story. I was thinking exactly. about how like there's never I was like when I was watching this movie, I was thinking like, man, I don't know if I've ever seen like a les like a black lesbian like romantic comedy. I, I I couldn't think of one. Just about. I mean, you you may know of one, do you?
2: I'm trying to think off the top of my head, a black lesbian romantic comedy movie. Um, the fact that one doesn't come to mind in <laughs> I, yeah, with any ease yeah. is a problem. But um, I have to look because I'd love to see
1: it though. I was just thinking while yeah. I was watching this too, and I enjoyed this very much. But I was like, I'd love to see like that. That'd be great, and. So I mean yeah it's all it's all really like at least not a mainstream one for sure there for might sure. be maybe like just- you know, not even just black led efforts. I just like any PLC oh, well, like represented within. Well, saving
2: gra- saving face was that was um, wonderful,
1: and that's yeah. such a rarity. That but yeah. that was really like a really wonderful, sweet movie. I totally. really enjoyed that one too. Yeah, um, I mean
2: that was one again. This came it came out around this time, and that yeah, was one did. of I had that movie on DVD and watch it all the time. It was just nice to see, you know, just different representation.
1: It's also worth noting, though, this movie was not, like, a hit at no, all. No, like, it was not. It, it, you know, in talking about these films and, I guess, looking at this movie and then even looking at, like, a bros that came out, and I I, I hope that it's, like, that it isn't, like, a sign of the fact that we're not going to get more of them, but I have yeah. to imagine that, like, it's probably going to be not by... Ma- you know, the whole thing with bros was that it was this first, like, gay film by, like, a major studio. That was, like, mm-hmm. their whole tagline, and so it's, like, we'll see if they if they're willing to... To, to go to go that round again it's probably going to end up being more independent artists though making it which probably means that it'll hopefully be more authentic and true to life but like this movie mm-hmm. had a budget of 7.9 million and only made about 2.6 million at the box office so yeah and i I didn't and I, I think I have heard of this film before but I've never seen it i, I knew it, it existed it, but never-
2: it did not do well in the Main Street arena it is a cult classic for queer women for you know forever and always it makes every list that you see like you know favorite lesbian movies of the early aughts or or whatever it is it always is within like the top 10 of those so because again we have very little and not to say that i don't enjoy this movie i do really enjoy this movie but again if i look if i'm looking at this movie like i look at every other movie there are some reasons why it's not a perfect movie for sure, but I give it more grace because because of the story it's telling.
1: No, for sure. And I mean there and there was a lot of as Jane said there's a lot of like great things in here and lots of and lots of mm-hmm. great character development. I do think that it's funny though because earlier I made the comment about Lena about Lena Headey doing such a great job in this film and I, Piper Barabo did too. But I also think that like there was something about Piper Barabo's character that just annoyed me.
2: Of course, yeah. Um, her character is like, very annoying.
1: And so I was just sort of like, like it's really like one of the things that's really interesting about this movie and is that like Piper Perabo's character is like she just wants to be in the proximity of like Luce. And so she like wedges her into her life in this really yeah. like odd way, keeping in mind that the way that they met was at, was when she was uh the florist at her wedding, but all but like From that, she's able to like sort of like pull her in and have her over to the house for dinner and completely like out of like it's like it was really one of the one of the things in the movie is that there's a scene where Hector the Matthew good character, Rachel's husband is having a one-on-one conversation with Luce, And he finds out because Rachel has been saying, Oh my God, you should invite coop over who is Hector's like playboy best friend to try and like match him up with Luce." And then Hector finds out one-on-one that, L- that loose is gay. She tells him she's a lesbian. And then I guess it's like, rachel's like out of the loop on it so like she she didn't
2: hear which is weird to me that he wouldn't tell her like did you not like i thought that that was odd the grocery store like the next day or maybe even a couple days later and it's like can i tell you that the second you know like tara and i leave a dinner party we're doing the debrief like
1: what did you learn that i didn't hear and what did i learn that she didn't hear you know what i mean well yeah well especially given the fact that this dinner was sort of like set up on the premise of this double date between his friend Coop and Luce. So like you would think that as soon as they left, there'd be a moment where he was like, by the way, let's not try and do the double date thing again, because she unless we have a lovely lady for her to date because she's a lesbian like
2: right there wasn't I any say, of
1: that though and then a couple course, days later they're think, at the like, store <laughs> i
2: think that's like <laughs> the character of heck is like not evolved to so like have oh, i know but my,
1: but my point <laughs> but, in terms uh, of yeah. like a debrief is like no, this whole thing uh, was set up on the pretense of a double date so it's like you would think there'd be a moment where they were talking oh did it go well between the two of them or not and well, then heck right. would that's be like, ex- well, ex- exactly no and yeah, that didn't happen so, clearly because yeah. The next day at the store, they run into Luce with a friend who we're like sort of for a moment led to believe maybe Luce's like partner. But and I think then she we,
2: works at the store for Luce. She's I guess. not her partner, but it's a moment when they yeah. first,
1: when they're first sort of like meeting that you're like, who is this person? And then also, like, there's this weird moment where, like, where, where Hector asks the friend if she's gay. <laughs> at like the store? It's oh so god. Odd. It's it, like
2: He literally he literally goes, Hey Edie, are you gay? And it's <laughs> like I Lifted off the couch, and I was like, maybe that's my 2022. Actually, no, that's my at any point. It is inappropriate to say that to someone. I can't imagine a scenario where he just met her. There was
1: no reason, it had nothing to do with what they were talking about. They're just in the grocery store, you're running into like a person who you kind of know with a person you've never met before, and you ask the person that you've never met before if they're gay. It's like, it's a choice.
2: It's a choice. And she actually handles it quite well. She laughs and she goes, "I'm ecstatic," which I was like, "Okay, that's a good way to handle that totally fucking inappropriate
1: question." <laughs> it's just a lot. Um and yeah, but it's a bit, but it's also like once again we're dealing with like Rachel's sort of like naivete around the whole situation because she's just sort of like wide-eyed and like bushy-tailed about everything and it's like mm. they treat her with like these kid gloves as a character and it's kind of annoying at times because I just feel like Rachel's allowed to like, Rachel never really has to like answer for her behavior in this movie.
2: Okay. This actually is like one of my biggest pet peeves is like, eventually heck finds out that she is in, she, that she's in love with someone else. He puts it together and he lets her off the hook in four seconds. He has one moment where he gets angry at her, and he's like leaves this birthday dinner, and he walks outside and they have this two-second fight. And I'm trying to find the because it's I, a it's
1: I, it's a birthday dinner at her parents' home. And at this point, there's been a scene where Hector comes home drunk and Rachel. After having had this like sort of intimate moment with Luce at the flower shop that Luce owns, like they're having this moment in the back room where they're finally sort of giving over to their feelings. And Luce goes out because she hears a customer and it is Hector and Hector wants to buy flowers for Rachel and he's talking to Luce about how he's having these problems in his marriage. And it's this really like painful scene because he's sort of opening up to Luce, thinking of her as like this sort of like f- person who's become a friend of his his wife and a confidant, and he's scrambling because he doesn't know what to do. And it's really it's, heartbreaking. And it's this got this, and it's got a great line in it because she says, "You should." She he says, "Do you know what's wrong?" And she's no. And as he's walking out, she says, "You know, you should talk to her." And then he says, "Oh, I can't do that." and then she says well why why not and he says what if what if there is a problem
2: like yeah she goes she goes you should he goes oh i can't ask her if, if something's wrong and Luz goes why and she goes what if something is and i was just like that hit me man cuz that's that's so real that's yeah. so real like yeah it's yeah Are you willing to face the fact that like this might not be good, like the bravery I think that it takes to have that conversation with your partner when you know something is not.
1: Right. Having that, like, having that confirmation. No, it's like, it's a scary thing. And I think that, like, also if you're when you're talking about two people that have been married for a very, very short amount of time. Yeah. It's even more so because it's also, it's got to be this thing. Obviously, every relationship is different. But there must be this part of you that is sort of worried and mm-hmm. nervous about... Like, something already not being okay this early mm-hmm. in a marriage, you know? and
2: Because she changes right after the wedding on a dime.
1: Well, also, she meets, like, one lesbian, and all of a sudden, it's, like, <laughs> game over. And it is just, like,
0: that's all it took was you make an eye contact with one
1: lesbian, and you're like, I didn't, I didn't know this existed within me.
2: Off and to like, the no, races. And it's, like, off
1: to the races. <laughs> this is
2: 2006 or 2005, like there's the internet there's like the fucking l word like there's a there's it's not like it's not like it's 1950 and you've never heard of a lesbian you know what i mean like yeah this
1: isn't carol okay
2: yeah exactly there's also this (laughs) moment carol did fine
1: oh yeah yeah. (laughs) carol found
2: herself some lesbians so there also
1: is this moment towards the beginning of the movie when she leaves like after they have their like really like Luce and Rachel have their sort of first actual like meet connection at the wedding. And then Luce sort of slips away because she was a florist. So it's kind of funny that she's there anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, your job's done, but she's like heading home and like they play the saddest music. And it's just like the lonely lesbian (laughs) Like trotting home, and she goes home and opens up the door to her empty apartment, and it's just like
2: single again.
1: They 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 love this trope. (laughs) It's just like the sad, forlorn lesbian who's like attempting to interlope on like this, like straight line. Which is
2: like in reality. Lena Headey or whatever the fuck her name is is so hot. If she were to walk into one lesbian bar, she would first of all, she's the way that they she they like style her in this movie is like quintessential like slightly slightly like masculine of center 2006 like vibes they give her like you know what i'm talking about it's like oh, she's got she's got like one mm-hmm. like hunter green slightly like militaristic jacket, and it's like she's butch you know what <laughs> i mean and so if she were to walk into any lesbian bar in a huge city like london she would be
1: absolutely covered in lesbians but it's like she's never known love before <laughs> i like- know
2: and it's Unbelievable, because she's literally model-esque and
1: beautiful. And she just, like, owns her little flower shop. It's always a job, like, a, it's always, like, a flower shop owner. And there's never a moment where, like, the flower shop, where it's just, like, somebody's, like, business isn't doing great. Like, I know!
2: It's, like, well, it's, this like, is my whole thing! She makes a sale zero times of this whole movie. She never, sales, like, sells a single flower. She doesn't sell a single
1: flower, <laughs> and she doesn't have a care in the world.
2: And also, one of my first notes from this movie is like, you can't be a flower shop owner anymore. Like, you just, you can't live on a, you can't be a florist and live unless
1: you have like family money. <laughs> like,
2: it's just I not do like I wonder
1: that. I'm a person, who, I love like flower shops and places, and I do wonder, like, when I walk in, I'm oh always like, God,
2: me too. They're, How y'all, they're What's the
1: overhead? What's going on? You <laughs> like,
2: know, like, are you, uh, is this why a bouquet is $150? <laughs> because, yeah, is like, what, yeah, flowers it has are so expensive. Be. I mean, we all yeah. know
1: you're chomping, you're chomping bits, you're hoping for a couple of mm-hmm. cute little cells probably around thanksgiving and and christmas but we know we're yeah. just waiting for that deci- we're waiting for february baby we all know waiting it. for
2: february that's and a also lobster waiting for february praying for a funeral
1: hoping praying for a funeral that's a, that's that's, the, that's like the biographer that's the autobiography of like of, of like a florist waiting for february praying we for a
0: funeral we should write that movie
1: we
2: yeah. should we, should. we just get
1: ripped apart by like the floral association. They're just like, "This They're isn't like, true. This is. This propaganda. is a
2: fundamental misunderstanding of our industry. <laughs> we we're like, but it's
1: cute. Wealthy, we're wealthy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's all about the grind, and we get shamed. Like They're a like-
2: florist is such a rom com
1: job. <laughs> yeah, they love. They love. <laughs> yeah. Of course, they love. They also they love like anyone who like. Who's like uh who's like an independent like writer, like who does like like oh, columnists. Yeah. They love that. They love they love like a children's book author. They love a children's book author so much. It's always jobs that you just want to be like, how'd you get it? How'd you get into this? And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, my mom's friend, like, you know, she told me no, I want specifics. Like, did you <laughs> did you apply a, Where how did you find this? Was this on LinkedIn? I want I want to know how you start. How I do you will. get into the children's how do you get into the children's book rocket because there's a lot of them in rom-coms who opened that door for you
2: I actually know a girl from high school who's like a successful children's book author of course you do Jane
1: like and I want like she's incredibly the, talented What I don't want to talk about Hilaria today okay <laughs> This is not hilarious, I promise. But a first of all.
2: I'm also thinking about I have a friend who actually is a florist, but she does more than just flowers. She does like events and stuff like that. But her main thing is like um styling events. She does like design and stuff, but she does beautiful flowers and that is her main job. And now that I'm thinking about it, I just said that <laughs> you can't make a real job. But she does other things besides just the flower shop. And I she doesn't have like a storefront.
1: No, it's like, it's just, it's one of those, like, interesting careers. And it's like, and it's, it's like, you know, it's and the it's thing like that you say, we don't talk about This particular
2: situation, it's like, you are paying rent in a small storefront in London, which is so expensive. Like, and, and literally I'm watching you for an hour and a half kick everyone out of your store. And like. I, she's working some strange hours, there's, too.
1: There's, <laughs> there's this scene where this jerk comes in who wants to buy flowers for his girlfriend, breakup flowers, as he calls them. And like he, yeah. she, she points him towards... She says, "Mums, mums are the breakup flower. And she's like, I'll put a bouquet together for you. He's like, no, I just want one, like a single one. I don't care about her anymore. So, And she's like,
0: you know what, get the hell out.
1: And it's a really like it's a really and, funny scene. It is
0: a
2: satisfying scene. He deserves it. Oh, of it. course! You see the a hole
1: getting kicked out of the flower shop. It's like you know. It's also like what? Like what's the point then? Like it's yeah. worse for you to give her a single mom than it is for you to just break up with her. Like. Because it's like you're just reminding her that you could have done better than you did, even in your last act as her shitty boyfriend. It's yeah. like nobody wants a single rose when you break up with them. I mean, I don't want a bouquet either. It's also, like I, want, I don't take it want with you.
2: anything from you if you're breaking up with me. Because you just wrote sort
1: of... me like a check for like $10,000. Okay, <laughs> different.
2: I'm talking about a, a bouquet in terms of like, I don't what, know. What if somebody
1: brought you like, uh, would you want like like a Louis Vuitton like a new Louis Vuitton handbag and was like I'm breaking up with you I want you to have this or would you be like too painful
2: Um, I would take it for sure and you resell like, it yeah I would either resell it or if I liked it enough I would keep it and be like you know what I can't be sentimental about things like this is a f- nice free bag <laughs> <laughs> who am I to, to look a gift horse a gift, in the kick mouth kick a gift horse in the gift- mouth yeah <laughs> I do not understand that expression i've never properly said it let's strike it from the record
0: well, just <laughs> who like, am i you to know, bite
2: the hand that fed me this moment
1: you know well yeah it's like you're kicking all you're kicking a gift horse you're kicking you're a gift, kicking horse, a in gift horse in something the that mouth something something's been given to you
2: exactly exactly yeah.
1: that's like it took me forever to understand that expression is, it's like is the and I've horse used it a, the gift i think so yeah
2: so someone gifts you a horse and you turn it's not around like and the horse isn't like a, like, it that's not the mouth? Breed.
1: like that's a Clydesdale, that's a gift horse that's no
2: no no. i know but someone gifts you a horse and then you turn around and kick it in the mouth that is that's what they're animal. Saying. that's abuse
1: that's okay letting calm down woke wanda all right this was, <laughs> this was created before that this was back in the days when we didn't have such a thing as animal, animal abuse
2: animal or, cruelty did you say <laughs> animal? Oh, because okay. you were so
1: caught up in it. It's like an expression that people use. That's like, um, it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. I always it's like, what are you talking about? And then I just got it, and I use it all the time now.
2: What does it mean? What uh, is well, it cutting off to-
1: your nose? Cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's like you're doing something.
2: Oh, I you see. End up, yeah, 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 yeah. You end up like
1: oh. hurting your you're like, in I, order I to get to something, you you mess something else up, basically.
2: Right. Well you also and you it's end up like screwing it
1: all up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You end up fucking yourself over anyways because it's exactly like, like- yeah, you weren't thinking totally. this through. You
1: were so focused on the little thing that you didn't look at the, like, you were so focused on the mm-hmm. micro, you didn't look at the macro, basically. Is yeah, yeah, about yeah.
2: Totally, totally, but, yeah. Totally, you know, totally, totally. There's so many totally, of those totally,
1: expressions, totally. though, that you're, like, you just hear, and you don't no question idea. them. I also come from, like, a family of, like, this isn't the same thing, but, like, there's a lot of, like, sayings in, like, families. And, like, I know, like, for, like, Black Southern people, like, Black Southern women in particular, like, they have mm-hmm. so many, like, sayings and isms that you're, like, just say like yes. And just they'll say just the say the thing like, you
2: want to say. Like my what grandmother
1: is... would be like, um, if you asked her a question, she'd be like, Is fat meat greasy? It's like, oh, God, here's the does, riddle.
2: Does five mean greasy? It's
1: fat meat greasy? Like, is fat meat greasy?
2: <gasps> oh. Which it is. Okay. So the answer
1: is yes. She's answering the affirmative. But like, okay, so as a I, kid, you just kind of off.
2: I have, at, my mom says, if she wants to say like absolutely definitely to something, she says, Do chickens have lips? And yeah. I, I say, no, chickens don't have lips. They have
1: beaks. beaks.
2: So so I, I don't understand why that expression means yes, because the answer is no to me.
1: There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And, it, and it's all just does a hog love slot? Sure. That's, that's a
2: I certainly hope that's so that's yes
1: my grandmother has a lot of them if my grandmother hates something then she'll say she'll say if you like it I love it and that means she hates it
2: I know that one because you say it to me if also. you
1: like <laughs> it I love it it's it is it's like you have fun with it and, like, I, I'm and not gonna I know judge
2: it. it's shady as hell it is absolutely
1: she's got a lot of them she's got a lot of them she's the best she's the best isms but like when I was a kid it just get you get like confused you're just like I don't know can I go outside or not mm-hmm. um um, but yeah so you know <laughs> let's let's file all that away in the in the in the weird expressions that have continued I know there's a million more um and you know I guess maybe that's our way that we stay in touch with our ancestors with these expressions huh?
2: oh yeah I'd love to take a class about that actually just like, expressions yeah just like where they come from and like
1: that would be I fun I don't know I think it would just be interesting and you know what speaking of where do they come from let's talk about the character Coop The character Coop, who is... Talk about Coop. Coop is the best friend, for some reason, of Hector. Also, can we tell... Why Hector? Like, this guy is not a Hector.
2: This guy's not a Hector. And they, like, shortened it to heck. And I was just like, okay. It's like, (laughs) what
1: is this? Um, But they, like... So his best friend is Coop. Coop is, like... Coop is such a weird character. Because it's like, they don't know what to do with him. I feel like they were trying to create, like, a character in the vein of, like i don't know some like british like hugh grant cad type character what, you know like,
2: there was like a lot of like ripping off of Notting hill i felt like this movie was trying to do i've never seen that movie Oh, yep i, know <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know yeah <laughs> I, don't, I just i don't know I never got to it
2: uh, that is a fucking great movie okay well, i know well. that
1: i know julia roberts is a brown head in that one for sure <laughs> <laughs> I always she, hated it when I was a little gay kid when Julie Roberts didn't have red hair in movies. I remember that. You like,
2: were like, what this are they is, doing? She, who, she didn't run this by me. She didn't run this by what? anybody. It's
1: just
0: like, you know, that her with that red hair. Be it's the force just, we know you can be. We got enough brown. Don't, heads. We got plenty of brown
2: heads. Don't, don't mix into the crowd like you, don't, like you weren't born to stand out, Julie.
1: Like you weren't born to be that girl.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was when as our Rachel decides to sort of start thinking about what what it means to be a lesbian, she takes a little trip to the video store oh and she gets God. her hands on a copy of Lesbian Erotica. But um, she's
2: not even lesbian porn. No, not
1: at all. And it's not anything she would pick up or that would in any way be generative for her as far as like understanding her sexual identity. And what it's her called hotel. Georgie's <laughs> Butch. <laughs> and it is and the name solid. Look, I got no complaints uh, there.
2: The but name, I enjoy the name is one hundred percent
1: solid. <laughs> but her mom like pops into the the video store oh while she's like. While she's like waiting, because this is for all of you youngins out there. One of the things that they used to do at the video store is that you would go to the aisle and you would pick up Mm -hmm. the actual case for the video, the VHS Mm -hmm. case. The movie was not inside of it. It was it was covered in like this plastic like casing. You would take that plastic casing to the front and then they would exchange that for an actual copy of the rental video that was in whatever the store's like signage. You know, logo. You know, covered box, like plastic mm-hmm. VHS container, and they'd give you that instead. So she takes the Georgie's Bush cover up to the front. The woman is looking for the, um, d- the, the, the I think it may be a DVD. Um, a d- yeah, we're in it,
2: DVDs at this we're in point. DVD
1: territory. <laughs> Um, DVDs really—I don't think DVDs got as much time as VHS tapes got. They just not in like the sun. Um, so well, shout I mean, out to VHSs they got they
2: they got overshadowed by Blu-rays, which are essentially the same thing.
1: And don't forget about Laserdisc, baby. If you were in <laughs> high school in the early aughts, you probably remember watching a couple of really sweet things. I
2: never watched anything on Laserdisc. I don't remember yeah. Laserdisc at all.
1: One of the loves of my life, I was introduced to via Laserdisc by. Uh Mr. Hadaminos in high school, my physics teacher who gave me way more leeway than he should have, probably. Um he what liked you, me and he thought what, I was funny. So there were What are oh, you admitting on this podcast this. right now? That's where I found out about <laughs> that's where I was introduced to forensic files in his physics class.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I thought and, you were about to tell
2: me something else. Well,
1: <laughs> oh, oh he got me now. <laughs> yeah. Um but um got yeah, Miguel. I, no, <laughs> No, 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 But um, yeah, that was where I discovered Forensic Files, and it is one of the enduring loves of my life. And, Love uh, Forensic
2: Files. Shout out to Forensic so Files. It's so
1: good. It's it, so. What good. I want, if you're listening, Forensic Files people, you come and out they, with these compilations. Are. Of course, you come out with these compilations. It's Filmrise, the company that owns Forensic Files. Filmrise, mm. you come out with these compilations of Forensic Files, which has probably got about a hundred episodes on it. Mm-hmm. i've seen them three times already over and over again because mm-hmm. i rewatched them i want more i want more yeah. comprehension mm-hmm. i want a complete series of forensic files from the beginning and that shows on Absolutely. to like the early 90s i Absolutely. want it all so mm-hmm. just stop it and release like a full make series the
2: drop forensic okay. files the
1: two things that i want i want forensic files and i want the oprah winfrey show i want every episode <laughs> of the oprah winfrey show there are these teasers that they put out they put out clips i want i want them all i want them all give them to me
2: who's burying okay. them
1: do you think oprah's burying them fucking it, harpo it's oprah she
2: yeah, she probably doesn't want to get canceled. I'm sure there's some cancelable things that happened. I know I want oh my god. If somebody <laughs> if somebody
1: brought me every episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show and every episode of Forensic Files, I would be indebted to them forever. Forever. I would consider you heard giving it them. Here like first. You heard it I would here consider first giving them nice. like, you know, if they needed an organ, I would consider getting Jane wow. to give you an organ, oh. Megan. Maybe.
2: Okay. I kind of got roped into that in a way that I wasn't expecting
1: and I get that I get that but take a second think about it and then we'll come back to it we're gonna just shelf it but like mm-hmm. that was one of the big things in this in this whole thing was this George's Bush where she takes this like lesbian tape <laughs> oh, I like and, I, and I'm i using the word lesbian as loose as it can possibly use yeah I don't um, think
2: it was not explicitly it, lesbian
1: porn no but she was but like she brought it like
2: why are you doing this it's 2006 the internet just exists just go on the internet go, like, why are you Google going to search.
1: buy a DVD like, I mean it was like so it was just at this so point, we were all ruining our computers with LimeWire, do the same. Well, I've never done that, and I've never done that anything illegally, so <laughs> that's you, Jane. Hope you had fun with that. I always went by the law on that regard.
2: But Not no, me, I'm just, a pirate.
1: It's, uh, um It's, the thing about it is, like, it just contributes to the thing that's annoying about this Rachel character, which is, like, she's so twee about everything, and it's like, yes. just stop it.
2: It's like, I understand that you're like trying to like create a moment, but it's like the, the choices that she makes are fucking annoying and like, and, and, and how uncomfortable and blatantly like obvious she is around Luce in front of literally everybody. It's, it's. It's frustrating because I'm like, you are an adult woman. You can do better. You can control yourself and not alienate, I don't know, everyone around you while you figure this out. Like... It's too work, much. Work through some stuff internally before you act a goddamn fool in front of everybody. And
1: at the end, even when they end up together, I think she's got so much solo work she needs to do. Like <laughs> Lucy's gonna have so <laughs> Lucy's gonna have so much work on her hands. There's a moment Luce also gets
2: the real shit end of the stick. Honestly, absolutely. it's like it's. It, I think one of the most like annoying tropes when there's queer women, even just queer people on film, where it's like it's oftentimes a coming out story and there's one, a character who's established they're queer and they're further on in their journey than the other one. And it's like they finally get together, and I always feel bad for the person who's like, I do not want a person who's like freshly out of the closet and messy. <laughs> like, I mean, no shade. I, I That is a very important and special journey that everyone goes through. And I'm just saying, I think but about you,
1: but as but in the films when they're pausing, that this is going to be some sort of like happily ever after. When you're like, this is right. going to be a lot, a lot, <laughs> a of- lot. Of- of
2: work a lot of not saying, that it can't, not saying that it can't work but like this might be like two it's or a three harder years, years than it's presented as for sure a real <laughs> touch and go <laughs> there's
1: this moment though where Lucy and rachel aren't sure if they're going to be able to like make it work and they actually part ways because at this point she's still married and she had mm-hmm. and this is before she sort of like talked to her husband even about ending it and they sort of resolve to end their relationship loose and rachel and it's it's just a great movie line they such a good movie line they're embracing and Luce says to Rachel don't forget me and Rachel says I won't remember anything else oh, and,
2: it still it's gets so me good. It's, it's like so you you know that when you're watching and listening this you know no one would have the like wherewithal to say these beautiful things in the moment but oh my god i lap them up like a thirsty dog baby
1: (laughs) it's like it's a really like it's a really heart-wrenching it's a really great moment and then at the end of the movie We get the moment where Luce, of course, you know, Rachel makes up her mind and then Rachel sort of is like resolved to go after Luce and her parents support her. And they end up grabbing Luce's mom along the way when they show up at the flower shop and Luce's mom is supposed to be running it. And then like Luce is going Luce is going overseas to like get a break and to sort of like decompress and figure out the next part of her journey. And she's stuck in traffic. And then Rachel's in like this car stuck in traffic and Rachel calls her and Luce hangs up before Luce hangs up the phone. Rachel hears a cyclist singing So Happy mm. Together in the background. And then a second later, the cyclist passes her and she's like, oh, my God, that was the, that was the song that I heard mm-hmm. on the phone just now when I was talking to Luce. So Rachel gets out of the car and for the first time she stands in her truth in front of the world and she starts yelling because her and Luce, of course, and Luce's light education of lesbianism, she took her mm. to a, a sporting event mm-hmm. and she taught Rachel how to yell from her gut.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. And so
1: Rachel stands on top of this car and she yells out Luce's name from her gut. And Luce gets out of the car and they run towards each other. That is not
2: what happens. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Tell me. She yells Luce's name repeatedly,
1: but Luce doesn't hear her. Because she's got one of those one-syllable names. This is why you always want to... Oh, Jane's going to get mad at me. Jane's... Jane's dog has one jane's dog has has a one syllable name and but, so
2: does jane
1: <laughs> oh no yeah but i always say with animals you want to give them two syllables just so you yeah, get, yeah, a, yeah. you know and mm-hmm. so but she says loose over and over again and i just kept thinking it's just one syllable it's probably just getting like lost in like you know she's in, not
2: she's not hearing it she's not, she, hearing, you know, it. She's not yeah. hearing
1: it and then she yells out the line that actually she yelled at at the baseball game right
2: it, first of all, it's a soccer game, football game okay. to yeah, um, sure. our international um, listeners. Um no, and- <laughs> I don't know sports. <laughs> she goes, she screams out, You're a wanker, number nine, which is what Luce screamed out at the um, soccer game to show her how to use her voice. And that is what grabs Luce's and attention. We're back
1: to where we started with Christina Aguilera's Trust the Voice Within. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They find each other, and they have a big rom-com kiss. It's a wonderful, like, rom-com ending. There's the panic to get to that person before they leave town. There's the declaration in front of everybody. There's the big, big, sloppy, wet kiss finish. It's it's everything you want. Did you
1: notice how they had, like, in that last scene... We sort of get a really quick, like, wrap-up on some of the main stories. Did you notice in that last scene how they had, like... They switched our girl Rachel up a little bit. She had like a sensible ponytail and she had a puffer vest on all of a sudden.
0: Oh, I I was aware of the styling. I saw what they were
1: doing. It got a little gayer. They were just like, let's put her in a thermal and a puffer vest. And
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely for um those with a discerning eye to pick out. And I and I um I, was I like, didn't I see that. what
1: y'all did. Um also, one of the things I took away from this movie at the end was this song really slaps. Like I uh, knew it did, but I was so listening happy to it together. Like, so Happy together is a bop. Like I is was just like these lyrics fantastic. are so good. It's so good. This is such a good song, which is such a silly thing to like think. And I mean, obviously, the (laughs) song exists within the culture. It's around, but like thinking about it and listening to the lyrics, which is like, what a lovely, like, it's such a great, like, uh, with those songs
2: that are like, like cultural staples you rarely ever like sit down and listen to the lyrics and yeah this is one of the songs i had a great. moment
1: i never think about it either way it comes on and i bought my head but i was listening i was right. like i get why this was a hit like this yeah. is like a really sort of like like interesting charming love song and yeah uh, yeah
2: i i do have one more question before we formally wrap this
1: discussion which I'd is did- toronto oh wait what were you gonna say
2: Oh, I was actually going to pose the question. I didn't need, I I didn't, I didn't just want a random answer. I, there was a oh. question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if I may, um, at the end of the movie, when we're sort of, you know, we get a couple of, um, you know, quick scenes wrapping up, you know, the, ans- uh, the ancillary characters' storylines, um, we see Coop, with the baby, and I don't understand what's happening.
1: You know what I thought it was? What? Earlier in the movie, at the flower His new shop... girlfriend. The girlfriend who came... The woman who came in and said, I'm pregnant. And remember, <gasps> she was like, I want flowers. And she said, I'm pregnant. And Luce was like, okay. And then she's like, he's going to be fine. And it's kind of a surprise. And then she started crying. She was like, oh my God, he's going to hate me.
0: <gasps> I thought that
1: that baby, Very... that that was the girl.
0: Very I don't
1: know, but that was
2: astute. My first very thought. astute. My first thought was who gave this man a baby?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> it just seems like a new con for him to get 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 the get, ladies.
2: Get involved in. Um cool. Well, Brandon, if you don't mind, I have two questions for you.
1: Throw them, throw them my way. The first okay. one, I'm always gonna say Sagittarius, and you know it. But okay. go ahead and ask the question.
2: Okay. Well, I was hoping for Vancouver, but
0: I guess it is what it is. <laughs> I see what you did there, Yay, and we bring it full yeah, circle, yeah. and we bring it full <laughs>
2: sack. Burr, sack, burr, sack. Um, Okay, so my first question is: Would you watch this movie again?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was really cute. I totally watch it again.
2: Super cute. And then my second question is: Hopefully, you've done what you said you were going to do, and
1: you have a movie picked out for us to watch next week. We are going to watch for next week, we're taking a trip back to 1993, and we're going to watch the movie, The Temp.
2: The Temp? I've never heard of it.
1: Yeah. Have I? No, and this is one that I actually have not seen before.
2: So we are going to watch it for the first time together. Okay. Um,
1: But it looked like something that was going to be right up our alley, so I'm super um, excited about watching it. And if I'm wrong, my bad. But I think this (laughs) is going to be a lot of fun.
2: I think either way, whether we love it or hate it, we're going to have fun. No matter what. I think
1: it's going to be a good one.
2: I I can't wait. Um, Amazing. Well... Uh, thank you, Brandon, for having this lovely chat with me. And thank you, so listeners, so for, for making it to the end with us, for riding or dying with us, for loving us and mm. listening. Mm, and absolutely. if you want to continue to love up on us um, during the week, please feel free to find us on any form of social media. And by any form, I mean Facebook and Instagram, where we go by Movies We Miss. And I mean Twitter, where we go by MWM Chat. And that is the end of that list. We are not on any other social platforms. If you think we should be, shoot us a DM. Let us know where to be. Maybe we'll show up there someday. I don't know, whatever. Anyways, we love you. We appreciate you. We will see you next week for The
0: Temp. Bye. 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 Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Feel you. Oh.
0: Having a little bit of oral fun.